The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Proverbs 12, 22. Her part of the bargain Jessica faithfully kept, and though the solemn and silent man under the dark shadow of the bridge looked for her every morning as he served his customers, he caught no glimpse of her wan face and thin little frame. But when the appointed time was finished, she presented herself at the stall, with her hungry eyes fastened again upon the piles of buns and bread and butter, which were fast disappearing before the demands of the buyers. The business was at its height, and the famished child stood quietly on one side watching for the throng to melt away. But as soon as the nearest church clock had chimed eight, she drew a little nearer to the stall, and at a signal from its owner, she slipped between the trestles of his stand and took up her former position on the empty basket. To his eyes, she seemed even a little thinner and certainly more ragged than before. And he laid a whole bun, a stale one which was left from yesterday's stock, upon her lap as she lifted the cup of coffee to her lips with both her benumbed hands. What's your name? she asked, looking up to him with her keen eyes. Why? he answered hesitatingly, as if he was reluctant to tell so much of himself. My christened name is Daniel. And where do you live, Mr. Daniel? she inquired. Oh, come now, he exclaimed. If you're going to be impudent, you better march off. What business is it of yours where I live? I don't want to know where you live, I can tell you. I didn't mean no offense, said Jess humbly. Only, I thought I'd like to know where a good man like you lived. You're a very good man, aren't you, Mr. Daniel? I don't know, he answered uneasily. I'm afraid I'm not. Oh, but you are, you know, continued Jess. You make good coffee, prime, and buns, too. And I've been watching you hundreds of times before you saw me. And the police leaves you alone and never tells you to move on. Oh, yes, you must be a very good man. Daniel sighed and fidgeted about his crockery with a grave and occupied air, as if he were pondering over the child's notion of goodness. He made good coffee, and the police left him alone. It was quite true. Yet still, as he counted up the store of pence which had accumulated in his strong canvas bag, he sighed again still more heavily. He purposely let one of his pennies fall upon the muddy pavement and went on counting the rest busily, while he furtively watched the little girl sitting at his feet. Without a shade of change upon her small face, she covered the penny with her foot and drew it in carefully towards her while she continued to chatter fluently to him. For a moment, a feeling of pain shot a pang through Daniel's heart, and then he congratulated himself on having entrapped the young thief. It was time to be leaving now, but before he went, he would make her move her bare foot and disclose the penny concealed beneath it, and then he would warn her never to venture near his stall again. This was her gratitude, he thought. 
He had given her two breakfasts and more kindness than he had shown to any fellow creature for many a long year. And at the first chance, the young jade turned upon him and robbed him.